All right, we are live here today with Todd Yuri. And so Todd is someone I met a couple of years ago and has been kind of the face of podcasting in pharmacy. So I'm sure a lot of pharmacists have come across his name in one way or another. So Todd's the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is podcasts, pharmacy, how they intertwine and just podcasts in general. So I'll let you do a brief intro as well of yourself, Todd. Happy to have you. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm a fan of yours. Content creators are more important now than ever. Uh, We have an aspect that we've just gotten through really a a horrible time in in our culture from a a news perspective. And I think we're shifting back to a a more sincere, more uh, truth-driven news organizations. I see that there's some maturity taking place and what we expect from people that generate content. And when I start thinking of our field and our backgrounds in being in healthcare, the people that generate healthcare-oriented content, rather that be for the B2B player, which is my vertical, I want to create podcasts for business professionals to communicate to other business professionals to advance our profession. Mm-hmm. But there's also the aspect of, generating content for your patients, which you've taken an oath as a pharmacist to do no harm. And you need to start, and everyone listening today and and being out there that's a content creator in the healthcare field, you almost have to take that same level and commitment and oath that you're generating content that is very upstanding, very truthful, not a lot of exaggeration. And it's not that it can't be fun. We just released a podcast with uh, Dr. Maurice Shaw, known as yeah. the king of, or the, the comedy, Dr. Com- Doctor of Comedy, and, um, and Will Flannery, who's Dr. Glocka Maflecken, who's amazing uh, ophthalmologist. That, and they're both comedians. And we need people like that. We need content that is fun to listen to. But the aspect of my world is delivering audio content to the business to business of the pharmacy profession for pharmacists, uh, for pharmacy professionals, for the PBM industry um, that is based on data and based on evidence-based studies. So this is, I've shied away from the word podcasting. I've done it now for 12 years. And I think in the last 18 months, I'm trying to say the word audio more um, because I think it's more encompassing of what's happening with our network and with our publication. But the, the beginnings was all about podcasting because I, I couldn't, li- there was nothing for me to listen to. I was driving an hour and 10 minutes to the Pittsburgh airport and I had absolutely nothing to listen to that was intimately specific to my industry. Um, long-term care pharmacy, community pharmacy, specialty pharmacy, no one was talking about it. So I created a, a podcast in 2009. It was the very first uh, business of pharmacy, you know, profession of pharmacy focused podcast. And I didn't know what I was doing and it sounded horrible and I didn't really know how to interview. And I said lots of ums and lots of buts and blah, blah, blah. and my sound quality was absolutely horrific. Um, and I just kept pounding away at it and twisting the Rubik's cube and trying to find out, you know, how to deliver a, um, a good audio program. And now we we lead the entire industry and in, you know in podcasting and audio and it's fun to be here because I'm advancing the voice of the pharmacist literally and I have 
32 hosts that are part of it. So I, I'm, I can't believe I come to work every day, Chris, and do this because it, it just gets me jazzed up. Yeah, and I like the shift in jargon from podcast to audio because I think we see that there's a, a big shift that's going to be even more momentum behind it. We see Clubhouse gaining momentum and it's going to gain more and more momentum and just audio as a platform. I think it's kind of like that next wave. So I know Gary Vaynerchuk's talked a lot about, you know, like, so when you have these devices like Amazon, Facebook, Google, these in-home devices that you can talk to as that gets more and more refined, you know, that'll be kind of the next wave of being able to make purchases, make interactions, talk to people. Obviously audio has been a big form of communication with cell phones and everything, but making it so I can say, you know, buy toilet paper and then toilet paper shows up a day later to my (laughs) doorstep is going to just be a whole nother shift in the way that you're able to communicate with people. Absolutely. And you know what you're, what you're saying is, you know, part of the history of, uh, of Giomello Marconi, who uh, really uh, put the radio on the map for the, for the, for the masses. Mm. So radio was the form of entertainment in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It was radio. As a matter yeah. of fact, my own grandmother, my grandma, Yuri, who died when she was 95, she listened to radio up until the day she died because it was her preferential form of entertainment because it was her first form of entertainment ever as a, as a young girl growing up. And because of technology and because of entertainment, just Michael Bayish entertainment just exploding, uh, you know, on, on our stuff. So I, think, I think entertainment has changed and has gone through a metamorphosis. But guess what? Radio, literally radio has legacy in today's content and today's entertainment because we are now returning to the voice, the mm-hmm. voice of of our of our humans and the inflection in your voice, the passion in your voice, the excitement in, in your voice, the sincerity, the authority, the authoritative nature. I mean, I love voice. I love audio because I am I'm constantly multitasking. I think I have probably ADHD. And so I'm listening to a podcast. I'm learning something while I'm doing something else or when I'm driving or exercising or doing something. And we're seeing a return to audio. We're seeing podcasting exploding. There's 1.7 million podcasts now out there. When I started in 2009, Chris, there were less than 200,000 that were registered with Apple Podcasts. Um, So it's a interesting future. I think we're in the pioneer stage still where we have an opportunity to do things that haven't been done. And um, PPN is ready to tear it up with the help of our pharmacists that are out there that, that want to jump in. Yeah. And and I think you're right, especially in terms of B2B podcasting being in its infancy and a lot of people just starting to explore with with that form of medium. You know, there's been a lot of individual podcasters. Joe Rogan's made milestone deals with Spotify and everything and built their personal brands around it. But then when you start incorporating a business side and now you have a host that's representing, let's say, a a B2B business or even a B2C business, you're making it so it's just another way of communicating with your end consumer, but also getting in touch with people that could end up being customers. And I think that's kind of the genius behind a lot of B2B podcasting is you're able to outreach to people. You're able to get people press and attention and everything. 
around their brand and whatever they're doing, but also form these relationships and use podcasting as a form of relationship building and a reason to reach out to somebody, a reason to, you know, get on a phone call and talk with them. That's more than just like a discovery call to introduce yourself. Absolutely. Exactly. You send you send me an email, you're trying to represent something and there is that entry level sales and business development and marketing person who is going to have to take the lumps and they're not going to know how to communicate and it's going to come across tacky and it's going to come across salesy and it's not going to be sincere. And you're going to have to refine your understanding of your specific audience and of your specific potential buyer. And instead of trying to sell them something, you're going to start educating them on what you're doing to improve fill in the blank X to improve mm -hmm. the lives of my patients, to improve, improve the lives of the mileage on your car to improve the lot, whatever it is. But when you embrace a sense of sincerity and you stop selling and you start educating and you start bringing value to the sales process, even if someone doesn't buy something from you, you've delivered value as part of Louise uh, Rodriguez is the CEO of Keystone Company. It's a pharmacy management system out of Wichita, Kansas. And he believes in value um, prospecting and value business development right from the get-go. Yeah. So if you go, if you're evaluating pharmacy software and you're looking at RX30 and QS1 and, and, and Keycentrics and Pioneer, what you're going to go through, even if you don't pick his system, is an amazing education of the value of a platform and what it can do for your entire pharmacy operations. By the time you get through the sales process, you'll have a workflow system that you might not have thought of before. Mm -hmm. And there's value there. So you'll never forget that. And I think as pharmacists, the value that you provide, number one, is saving people's lives, making sure people don't die from taking the wrong medication or the wrong interaction. But number two, you guys and gals and doctors of pharmacy, pharmacists out there are literal business development advocates for better health. You are supposed to be constantly selling. I know you don't like that word people mm -hmm. out there, but you are selling better health because these people aren't in shape. They're letting their diabetes get out of control. They're not paying attention to their insulin or their whatever it is. You're the coach and you're the individual that could sell them a whole new lease on life. And, and I think I reflect that. So I've learned who my audience is. Number one, it's the pharmacist. Number two, it's the pharmacy tech. Number three, it's the pharmacy professional, business professional. Mm -hmm. And I sit in the exact same chair that they do, but my role is different. My role is to develop the information and help other pharmacists and pharmacy podcasters develop the information. But it's so intimate. You can't get more intimate than I am with my market. I'm I'm in the industry. Like this is all I do. And so therein lies the key to success in where we're at in content development. You have to become extremely intimate with your client. And I think it's going to separate Uptown and you and I and what we do for your organization too, because our clientele is going to become very thin and vertical, but they're never going to leave us because mm -hmm. we develop content that is so razor sharp for them that our competitors who are doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this is kind of not as watering down, you know, what we bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
I think the other part about podcasts that I like that you kind of alluded to is being a more long form medium of getting things out there. And you can also add video to it and film video. You're able to kind of chop up that content and then distribute it. And Gary Vaynerchuk again talks about like the pillar of content. So having, you know, let's say you make a 45 minute or an hour long podcast in that hour long podcast, you probably have a thousand pieces of content that could be generated in terms of audio clips, video clips, phrases that could be put on a picture and then quoted and then distributed to your other medium platforms. So that's the other aspect of when you start a podcast, you get that one piece of content being the podcast that gets distributed. But if you have a media team, you're able to chop that up and create content for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and all those platforms across the board. Yes. And I'm, I'm seeing content developers now becoming extremely defined in what they do. Even pharmacists who are focusing on sickle cell or focusing on cancer or focusing on, I've seen that the birth control pharmacist, which is a Instagram handle. I mean, that's amazing because now you're getting very vertical, very specific, and you're an expert in that, which gives you tremendous value to the market that you're serving. And in that case, it's 300 million Americans if you're focused on the United States as, as healthcare. But what what we're doing and what what's being created wasn't here five years ago. It wasn't here 10 years ago. It wasn't here 20 years ago. So in some ways, I and our organization, Pharmacy Podcast Network, is really helping to set the bar for the future content developer in the pharmacy space because we're going to have demands on our podcasters in our network, number one. Number two, even podcasts that aren't part of our network are going to have to up their game and they're going to have to deliver better sounding podcasts, better evidence-based medicine. You know, don't just sit there. Your podcast, by the way, is not for you if you intend it to serve someone. If you're intending for it to serve somebody, you have to design it for your listener. And if you want to create a podcast just for yourself, by all means, you know, do it. But yeah. pick up your Yeti microphone at you know Walt, at Best Buy and hook it up and go to town. Podcasting's fun. But if you're really into this to deliver something of value and something that you expect to give you some type of rate of return, you're going to have to become really defined and really detailed. Yeah, and just going along with that, what are a couple tips that you would give to somebody that wants to create their own podcast and they might not have taken the leap yet? but they have it, that idea that they want to pursue. Well, I think just what I just said, I mean, number one, figure out who your audience is. And then when you figure that out, figure out who your audience within your audience is. And then after that, figure out who your number one listener is going to be. And that really gives you three levels, your primary, secondary, tertiary listener, which I define ours under the pharmacy podcast you know, network mm -hmm. with every single one of our shows, but really figure out who you want your listener to be. And then try to be as customized to that specific listener, that core listener as you can be. So, and, and, and be prepared to work, be prepared to put in an extra five, 10, 20 hours a week into a good, well thought out show notes, graphics, links, and social media support of this publication. And if you're just going to jump into it just to say, I have a podcast too, 
my second thing of advice is, is don't start a podcast. You know, don't don't even bother start starting one unless you really if you're doing it for fun, then go to town. But if you're doing it because you want to develop something that you think is missing in your marketplace, if you're an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor, a pharmacist, find your niche within the niche. And um, and you'll do so much better than just coming out with another podcast. Everything I every time I see a new podcast come out, you know, my first reaction is, oh, boy, here we go. Another podcast. And then I always I can't help it. I'll listen to the first minute and 30 seconds. And right then, I bet you nine out of 10 times I can tell, you know, what kind of quality is just from the that first minute and 30 seconds. Yeah. What are the plans for? the pharmacy podcast network over the next year, five years, 10 years. And then what is the difference between a podcast network and just an individual podcast and kind of where you see the value that in lies with it? Sure. Well, I can, I can first tell you that we're, we're not standing still, you know, I haven't been still for 12 years, so we're going to keep redefining what we're delivering to the marketplace. One of the things we are is we're starting to partner with pharma. We're going to start marrying a listener with pharmacists and someone within a, um, a manufacturer space that can really speak to the, to the molecular level of the, of medication and what that means for the disease state, personalized medicine. And then I'd like to really dig into different facets of digital therapeutics. I'd like to dig into, new roles for pharmacists based on the evolution of healthcare. Um, and, and I think we're going to just keep growing that content. But we're also going to be doing some very deep dive into, uh, into content development for medical and published conversations so that we can kind of, my word is audio ties. I'd like to get that into um, the Webster's Dictionary before I die. But audio tizing is taking something that is in written form and making it sound listenable, not reading it. I'm not talking about the audio books. Um, although Mike Lentz is my hero, he's a, a voiceover, he's a pharmacist, and he's an amazing voiceover. But that's not what I'm talking about. Audio books and audio reading of stuff is not what I'm, I'm talking about taking something that could be perceived as very boring to read mm -hmm. and literally make it into an evidence-based discussion based on that information. But it, but the voice inflections and the cadence of the voice and maybe some laughter during the conversation makes it very easy to listen to, but it's extremely rich in evidence-based medicine and, 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 what that does for you to listen to something instead of having to read it or both. And then third is our services and, and, and growing out our subscription based called AudioRx, AudioRx.study and AudioRx.study's first uh, test was on the NAPLEX podcast. So Dr. Chloe Givens, who's just an amazing podcaster, she audio tized the, the 78 chapters of the prep, Rx prepping book to get you ready for that test. And she wow. did it in such an amazing voice and amazing way that we've gotten so much feedback on how value that is in supplementing what you're learning. So we're going to constantly be a supplement. I don't believe audio should ever really stand alone per se. I think it needs to be married or embraced or, or be a part of something else. And so I'm going to just keep doing it. I'm going to support pharmacists. And then to answer your question about so you have a podcast network. Yeah, that's great. That's right. And we do. 
What's the difference between that and not? So there are lots of pharmacist podcasters who are not part of the PPN for one reason or another, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. What we do is we blow you up in ways you could never blow yourself up. You won't. You, if I bang your drum on top of a mountain and I say, uh, Chris and Uptown's the best thing in the world, that's perceived differently just in human consumption of information differently than if you do it or I do it. You know, if you do it for yourself, same for me. If somebody goes out and says, you got to listen to the Pharmacy Podcast Network, they have so many good hosts and so many great shows. That's, that's, that's perceived differently than if I get on this podcast with you right now and say, hey, the Pharmacy Podcast Network's the best thing. It's just the way that our human brains work. So what am I doing? I'm taking a pharmacist who wants to podcast and I'm making sure that they sound good, that they're marketed well, that they're, that they're given opportunities to make money on their podcast, and that we hold each other to a standard of quality in delivering some very high, high standard um, publications to the marketplace. And just like the APHA, just like the ASCP, just like the NASP, all these associations that take their specialty pharmacist or their community pharmacist or their, or their uh, geriatric pharmacist, and they support them. That's what we are. We're the very first network ever that has supported fellow pharmacist podcasters. And we put, I put my heart behind 100% of, of what I do. Yeah. And I can tell the way you talk about podcasts and just how long you've been in the game for. <laughs> I'm the OG. Definitely. for sure. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hold back in saying that anymore. I know I'm the first. I know I'm, and I, and I've, I'm still making mistakes. Does that mean I'm the best? No, it doesn't. Is it the best podcast network for pharmacists? Of course. Why? Because it's the only one. Hope I'm not going to kick out competition, but it, it is. And, and we're, and, and I, it's not just me. I, our, our hosts will get together and they'll do things all by themselves. And that makes me excited to see hosts getting together and doing things that have nothing to do with podcasting. We've had people do, um, IG lives and we've had people do webinars together and it's just because they get together like a, like a group of people that have something in common and then they take off and that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. What do you want to leave people with? I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Yeah, no, I want to, I want to say if you're a pharmacist and you're a pharmacy technician and you need something, I don't care what it is. If it's uh, ideas about getting some a new career or you're frustrated or you want to create a podcast or you want to do a blog or you want advice on something. I've been saturating in the business of pharmacy since 2004 and I have so many accentuated amplifying abilities and ideas that I could help pharmacists and pharmacy technicians with. And I'm very sincere with that because I believe that we're going through a really interesting time in pharmacy right now. And it, it's, and it's frustrating a lot of our community pharmacists, especially the ones that are, they feel stuck. They feel very overworked and they're mistreated in some of the national, um, you know, national chains. And it, it's just the way it is. It's, it's being governed by the profit of the organizations and not the care of the patients and not the, the way that they need to be treating. So if you're going through that, I want you to understand that, we're in a new age of pharmacy and things are changing. So hang on, but go find your passion of what you wanted to do. Remember why you wanted to become a pharmacist in the first place. And then go look for pharmacists who are already doing it because there's 300,000 of you out there, 300,000 active pharmacists in the United States. And, and there's a bucket of you, probably 
10% or 1%, 3,000 of you. There's about 3,000 of you <laughs> that are, are doing some very dynamic things that are, are not normally the traditional pharmacist's role. And that's the future of our industry. It's the, it's the trendsetter and it's the innovators that are, are going to make the new age of pharmacy. And so I want you to connect with me, not just for our podcasts and support, this, support our podcasters, you know, support all of them, um, but let's network. Let's talk about your career because this podcast network isn't about podcasting. It's about moving the industry forward. We just so happen to take, to pick up podcasting and doing it. I like that. I like that a lot. And what's the best place for people to, to connect with you or to find you? So at Pharmacy Podcast everywhere on social. So at Pharmacy Podcast on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. You know, we're so heavy on Twitter. That's still my favorite uh, platform. And then LinkedIn is so much fun to, to network and do things. I, I use that a little bit differently than the, the social media. But nonetheless, very easy to find us or Google Pharmacy Podcast Network or even my name. And you can find all kinds of information out there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Todd. Thank you for your time. Thank you. It's nice talking to you. I appreciate it. Awesome.